This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Repeat, this is a test of the emergency podcast system. Disaster Girls is an unironic excavation of disaster movies with profiles as high as the tallest volcano and as low as the Marianas Trench. In order to ensure your safety and enjoyment, please remain calm and keep your ears locked on your hosts, myself, Jordan Gershiola, and me, Amanda Smith. Good day to every one of you disaster divas out there. Welcome back to the Disaster Girls podcast. Here I am, your co-host, Jordan Cruciola. And uh, it's me, the uh, Academy uh, Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Scientists mm-hmm. quarter finalist mm-hmm. for the Nickel Fellowship, Amanda Hell Smith. Yeah. That's how I have to be introduced all the time yeah, now, by the way, guys. That's the leader. That is like, that should that's going to be Amanda's new 100-character handle on Twitter. She gets Amanda Says, <laughs> and it's now going to be that, because why shouldn't you lead with exactly that? Look. After the fact that I survived NYU and then swore entirely off of screenwriting, yeah. I'll take quarter finalist. Quarter finalist. That's, That's good. I'm maxed out. And we should we should state people that this was an entry pool of in excess of eight thousand screenplays. What like more than eight thousand two hundred screenplays? It was just under eighty two hundred. It was eight thousand one hundred ninety one. Not that I memorized that number and then right, did math. right. And just that's just something that you that just stuck into your like you didn't make an effort to remember that. Um, no, I actually that sadly enough that is just something that just kind of Raid Man lodged in my head with like <laughs> in that weird way that numbers stick in my head. Yeah, and now and it's down in you are down into the quarterfinals, which is one of just like. 300 that remain. Yep. 300 and one, some that remain. 360. So one of 360. you're going to do it. I'm really not, but I'm just like, I'm genuinely, I don't know that I want to because that's a lot of pressure. <laughs> you're going to do it. I believe in you. No, that's honestly kind of terrifying to me, but I'm good with quarter, like, as somebody who's deeply, who's deeply motivated by the approval of others mm-hmm. um, and someone who really thrived best in the high school and middle school situations right. of writing competitions and like, oh, here's a here's a rubric under which we can judge that not only am I good, <laughs> but I am officially good. I'm that's officially really good. Needed. Yeah, that's all I needed was just, I just need a, I, I honestly just need something I can frame and put on a wall. And I, I, it's, I, I, I know the script. I've read the script and I, I love the script. And so Thank the you. fact that people are not being fucking morons and they are doing the right thing in continuing to, I don't know, upvote, I guess, upvote the script. <laughs> They're liking the Academy. subscribing to my, to my script. <laughs> Amanda's got a lot of followers on her script these days, you guys. <laughs> Smash that like button on the script. Um, that is that is more officially exciting than anything we're going to talk about here today, even despite of how excited That's I am. That's not true. This movie has... One scene that I know you and I are both extremely excited to talk about. This movie, San Andreas Quake, which is out of the Asylum Disaster Movie Factory, yep. is one of the silliest fucking things I think we've watched <laughs> in this entire po- I was having the best time. Like, I didn't want to yeah. text you everything I was freaking out about because, like, no, we're going to record, we're going to talk about it. So I was texting Sarah, like, Screenshots and oh my reactions because like, this needs to go. I want to see that text thread now because it is truly from the minute this movie starts, where the San Andreas Quake eats the protagonist's father, yeah, straight on through to the end. It's so unlike unlike the other sort of mockbuster asylum movies that we often have, yeah, where like 
okay, you guys just, they basically were like, well, we're going to do a San Andreas movie, but we're going to take San Andreas with The Rock and not have any of the details. And any, any. Except that it involves a high rise in downtown LA at one point. Like that's it. And a helicopter. But otherwise it is not, they, it's definitely not a, they did not lift any other plot points and it's better for it. Now, okay, so we uh, we open, there's nothing like a B-level disaster movie cold open. It, it's it's either going to have nothing to do with everything you see after it or it's going to have everything to do with it. Yeah. And this like we open on a a teenage girl, vibrant teenage girl planning an explosive outside of a house and it goes off and then a man runs out onto the deck above this explosion and he's like it's so early in the morning you're waking me up and i'm just like what is this relationship is this her teacher does she have a crush on this guy and she's got like a flannel on and a little looks like a hemp choker and she's like a dorky geology obsessive and then it like Mm -hmm. finally gets to the point where like she says like something about something dad and i was like this is supposed to be her dad yeah, bearded, hot, bearded guy was supposed to be her dad. And I know, look, everything about that opening sequence <clears throat> is inexplicable. So just to preface, it does start with the Chiron that it's January, I don't remember if it was January 20, I think it's January 21st, 1994. It is the morning of the Northridge quake. Like they very, it's set up, the minute I saw the Chiron, I was like, oh, I know exactly. It's, you know, 4 a.m., yeah. 1994, January. It's going to be the Northridge quake. But I will say I have never taken a geology course, and maybe this was like after I dropped out, maybe I missed the class, uh-huh. uh, where we were encouraged to detonate an M80 explosive at 4 a.m. in order to, I don't know what she was trying I to do. I don't know what she was trying to do. She created a crater, which yes, that will happen if you detonate an explosive. Yes. Um, but I'm not sure what the one-to-one on volcanism is there. Nope. Nope. And so dad comes- But it looked like fun. Yeah. Dad comes down and he's like beaming with pride at her at a certain point when he's like, Mm kind of like, oh, you rascal. Well, then the Northridge quake hits. And honestly, it's not like- I was glad they didn't do a like, I killed my dad and I'm forever grieving about that thing because he is- The the deck collapses above him and it kills him. He shoves her out of the way in like his last act. But if he had just been in the house sleeping, the house would have swallowed him anyway. Like it, right. being on being below that deck where she brought him to didn't do it because the entire house looked like got, it got sucked into the fucking earth. Yeah, that was what was weird about this was that it also didn't set up for her that she did need to avenge her father's death. Like no. there wasn't a, this wasn't a, it set up so so easily the twister style. I have to avenge my father from nature. Yeah, and we didn't get it. It never really comes back up again. We never get any sort of earthquake trauma from this woman. She just otherwise like. Yeah, I mean, granted, her doctor lady scientist, whose name I could not tell you if you paid me thousands and thousands of dollars. No, she's just not Mariska Hargitay. Yeah, just wearing that wig (laughs) from from whatever reshoots they had to do for Law & Order Season 7. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, she's very obsessed with predicting earthquakes along the San Andreas Fault. Yeah, which is which is a little twister, which is a little twister like the, I need to create the warning system. You know what? That's a really reasonable thing. Like, yeah. if you're that close to being, if you're at the point where you've got funding to put like sensors along the fault, yeah, yeah, I'd be obsessed with that too. Yeah, that's fucking cool. We can't predict earthquakes. Sensors are neat. Yeah. I would totally, be, 
I, I, you know, have not had a geology related vendetta. Uh-huh. And I still think would be like, yeah, I'm going to carry on this iPad that magically calculates these things obsessively. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. She's getting great real time data from her sensors that are planted all along the San Andreas Fault. Mm-hmm. And that's 19, her- 19 sensors on a fault that runs 800 miles. Totally normal <laughs> amount of sensors. When you want a science, guys, remember no more than 20. Yeah, 19. 19 along the tallest state in the country. Across, like half of which is like covered by the San Andreas Fault, and this is this woman's yep. obsession. Like, and it 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 plagues her throughout the first half of the movie that she like clearly thought she had this technology dialed in early in her career in two thousand and eight, and then there was an mm-hmm. earthquake. She failed to predict, and so everybody's like, "Yeah, well, you thought you had this figured out last time, you asshole." And so no, she's it's not that she doubted. failed to predict it; it's that she predicted it and then nothing happened. She predicted that was it. She predicted it. And nothing. It. She happened. predicted nothing happened. Yes. And everyone's like, oh, no, no, it's a for you. And it's like, well, yeah, it's not an exact science. It's prediction. I imme- And immediately in this movie, if you're somebody who lives in or around L.A. or has, there are so many fun things for you in this movie. Like it starts out mm-hmm. with people saying they're in Paso Robles yeah. instead of Paso Robles. At one point, someone talks about being in uh, Temescal Canyon um, instead of like or somebody says Temescal or Temescal Canyon yeah, it wrong. Was, yeah, you, you, it was, they said Temescal and that's how you sent it in all caps was T-E and then capital M-E-S. Yeah, Temescal yeah. Canyon. Yeah, ca- at, at one point, like there, the, she, her, she like works at like Pacific College or something like that. So it's, it's, I think we're, we're made to believe that it's like along the water. Like we see water, like it's, it's, it's. They do, they are told to, t- they do decide that they're going to take the PCH to downtown. To downtown. Because you can do those things. Take the Pacific Coast Highway to downtown to avoid those raised freeways. How the fuck far do you think you're going to get with that? You're only going. You're only going north and south on the PCH. You're not going east and west. And also you're going along extremely steeply graded slopes that are known for landslides. Not the best option. Like if you ask me which freeway I'd least like to be on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. During a major earthquake. Yeah. Um. I have spent, like, as I drive the PCH up to Santa Barbara, Uh I have, as I've been driving, been like, what do I do if all of a sudden there's a tsunami? Right, right. Like, what's my escape? I have created Mm -hmm. an evacuation plan for myself in the event of a tsunami because it's not really a place you want to be during any sort of geologic hazard. Especially especially since, like, she is aware at a certain point that – like, like she, what she becomes aware because the sensors alert her to this is that it's going to be, it's going to be the biggest fucking earthquakes that this world has ever seen. So the presumption is kind of that Cal, like this chunk of California, a large chunk of California is going to slide into the fucking sea. And yes. so she picks the roadway run that runs along the fucking sea because that's safer than a raised highway at this point, which a raised highway, not where I would want to be, but like, it's not like the PCH is better. And also guys, it is with all the scenes where they're driving along the PCH, it is raining there and there only nowhere else in the movie is there inclement weather, but along the entire drive along the quote unquote PCH, it is like freshly rained. The weather is different only in these scenes where we entered the buddy cop, phase of the movie where our geology professor, not Mariska Hargitay, has teamed up with a student who she learns along the way 
is involved romantically with her stepdaughter and who she is like racistly insulting. Yes. Oh, thank God. The you entire thought it was fucking so racist. movie. It, it starts with her. First of all, she's with like a group of like, she's with like a class field trip of geology students, just arbitrarily everyone's standing outside because scientists have to be outside. But she's we wearing like, okay. she's on. wearing in, like a blazer. In geologist defense, we do sometimes just go, can we have class outside? And every so often our professors will just let us have class outside. Sure. That is, and they're just that is not that a reality index very believable she, that you would just she in her cream colored blazer and her boot cut jeans did not yeah. look like this was like why are we outside if you're in this fit like it looks like because like they established like it's a it's like a field trip they're like out in the field why right. ma'am are you dressed for the classroom but you're out here wearing this thing right now and the this the student the black student who she is she starts off being a bitch to this. Like, he's she's an asshole. So, he's, he's a know-it-all. Yeah. But she's, like, she's the authority figure in this situation. And, guys, when she realizes her sensors are starting to pick up on, like, warning signals and she's in a building with this student. <gasps> oh, my God. She's in a coffee shop with this guy. And she has already been weirdly aggressive and super unprofessional uh-huh. and accused him of dating lots of girls and not doing the work. And when he's, like, why did you give me a lower grade than I deserve? And she's, like, just don't date so many girls. No, no, no. And she's, you- like, she's, like, tells, she's, like, you know, I, you know, like, you, well, if you weren't, like, out there having fun and you were doing the work, like, I can't, like, I don't want to help people who don't want to do the work. And her, her. Her, her rationale for that is I'm a teacher. I hear all the gossip and I know what you've been up to. It's like, did you just cop to basing your judgment on yeah. this student from the gossip you yeah. hear around campus? Yeah. And that's how she, and that's she's baiting, basing her gracing, grading off of this. And like that he's just pouring himself around too much and she doesn't yeah. like that. Which, like, if anything, come on. One, that will not affect your ability to do geology. I can say that (laughs) from with deep authority. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah. And two, so reality index, though, it is very believable because all of my geology professors were the gossipiest motherfuckers I've ever met in my life. Really? They, yeah. I wonder what it is about the profession. I don't know if, I mean, they were just... In all, and it's partly because I think a little bit because of the fact that you have grad students mm. who are working, like at least a small department, are working very closely with you, mm. so you get to know them very well. Mm-hmm. So they all, and they're in like age wise, they were, you know, they're in their late thirties. They were super interested in who was hooking up with, who has a crush on who, what's going on. Wow. They were so involved and so in all of our business. God, uh, didn't didn't prevent them any of the grad students from dating all of the like all the male grad students from dating all of the oh, female undergrads. I don't doubt that for a second. Didn't stop any of that, <clears throat> but they were super fucking gossipy about it. But it was normally with a positive spin. I don't like none of them would have ever been like, well, I heard that you like sleeping around. Yeah. So you can't be good at science. Yeah. Like that's not <laughs> how that works normally. Um but <clears throat> she was, yeah. She was so like initially I was like, why is he coming in so yeah, hot he's with being her? Like he's super aggressive with her in a way that's like, yeah. hey, shut the fuck up, kid. Yeah, he was being like he was being aggressive and like, I don't you there's no such thing as prediction. You can't do that. And it was like, well, she's got the iPad. Yeah, she's got the iPad, dude. Okay. 
Yeah. So he was like, he was arguing with her in a way where I was like, that's weird to argue with your professor like that. And that's clearly the dynamic here. Why is he arguing? And then you realize that she's just an asshole to him. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, he's arguing because he hates her so violently because he knows he's being discriminated against in class. Yeah. And we don't know it that he carries in the biases of he's secretly dating her stepdaughter. So he knows way more about her than mm-hmm. she's aware of, but she sure thinks she knows everything about him. At one yeah. point, she throws in, like, you know, my daughter, like, dating a guy with a rap sheet. I was like, wait, when did we fucking know he did crimes? Right? Or are you just assuming because he's black? What is yeah. this? That was so weird. When they, we get to that. And, like, also, they don't, they don't mention that earlier, right? She just comes no. out of nowhere with that. It just comes out of nowhere. And also, I got to say, like, so we learn, because he he's, like, get in my van, We because her car is totaled. And he's, like, get in the van. And she judges him for the state of his van. Yes. Which, like, he's a college student. Yeah. He has a, an old, shitty van yeah. that he probably put together himself. But then later when he's like, I don't want to leave my car. And then he opens up the back and there's an inflatable mattress in the back. And I know that we're supposed to think that it's like his shag and wagon. I thought he was living in his car. I thought he was living in his van too. I 100% was like, oh my God, he lives in his car. And he's like trying to pay his way through school. Shit. Yeah. That's just like, as that is way more likely that in general of a (laughs) college student, than he has a huge ass van that he fucks in for fun. Yeah. It's like, no, I have a, I got this shitty van for cheap because I can also live in it. Yeah. And again, what we find out about him through this whole thing is that like, he came from a rough background with his parents and she, you know, he says he fell in with a rough crowd, but like, she's talking about him having a rap sheet and she's judging him for having a mattress in the back of the car. It's like, ma'am, do you not see that this is a fucking tragedy? And the fact that he's gotten to this point is a triumph. And the, and like, and how, when she learns that her sensors are going wild and she's like, oh my Mm -hmm. God, there's going to be an earthquake right now. We're in this cafe. Everybody needs to get out. And so she starts like telling people, you need to get out. There's going to be an earthquake. And of course, nobody believes her. So she decides in all of her infinite fucking wisdom to yell, he's got a gun. She shouts fire in a crowded room, alerting everyone to this black man next to her having a gun when he does not. So of course, when they all run out of the cafe because they think there's a man with a gun there, a cop throws him against the wall and is like, gonna arrest him for waving a gun around in a public place it was like did you just seriously not think that through just like oh fuck i better get everybody out of here i better say this black guy next to me has a gun that surely won't escalate far too quickly and get out of control yeah i honestly it was like oh, okay so she's now just trying she's found the best solution here is to try to get him killed in order like, to want to evacuate he have a rap and- sheet because you're doing shit like this to yeah. him you're reporting him for crimes he didn't do? <laughs> My God. It it was absolutely fucking insane. And it's it's definitely played in the like, oh, this is supposed to be zany. zany. And the whole time you're watching it, zany. you're like, this is so fucking uncomfortable. This is so uncomfortable. And she's doing this, by the way, because there's going to be a 4.0 earthquake, which I just want to just want to stress, guys. Don't. I'm sorry. Don't that was not that was not a four something earthquake. Yeah, so rule of thumb, don't suggest that a young black man has a gun. Don't suggest anyone has a gun in a circumstance where they don't have a gun. But in particular, don't do that for a four earthquake, which 
we're all going to be fine, guys. And the way it'll knock over a trash can. The way That's it. that the way the scene cuz like they're expecting like it's going to be a 10.0, it's going to be 9.0. The way they're talking about a the way they render a 4.7 yeah. was like bullshit. Like the, it was, those happen around here. Like yeah. I've been close to those at like at epicenters like on my apartment and the house shakes like one time sharply and then that's it. Like I've been yeah. in a 5.3 earthquake when I was back up home in Oregon when I was little, 5.4. It was not like that. They treat, they make a four point something in this movie look like what other movies have like a seven look like. Yeah, their their whole their whole grading scale for the quakes was completely jacked, completely and fucking I, out of control. And I understand that. Because of the necessity that they had, like I get the necessity of we have to have these escalate. We have they all need to be dramatic. So all of a sudden, a five when they're driving on the highway yeah. causes cracks that they have to yeah. like that they have to take the general Lee over and jump. <laughs> like that was the level of of drama we were getting, and I get it. But also, when you hear a four and you're from California and you're just like, all right, yeah. so like I guess you you know. Just don't hold any steaming cups of water. Like, <laughs> yeah, like I, if there's something loose on your desk, you need to hold down. Yeah, hold it down. If you if you happen to be working entirely in like a crystal shop, yeah, yeah. Like in a store <laughs> if you're like in a china shop, yeah, yeah, you're probably gonna have a bad couple of hours cleaning up afterward. Yeah. But like, a four is pretty workable. And in this, it fully knocks over. Like, it blows out all the windows. It knocks over a lamp onto her car. Yeah, it, it ruins a whole light pole. Yeah. And I mean, and, and she that was well, even an entire, that was one of the sizes, like it was like between the four and five range that like the husband of not Mariska Hargitay is a like scenic. He's a, yes, he, he has the helicopter pilot. Yeah, he's, he's a scenic helicopter. helicopter pilot. And he has like, he's taking up a couple and they're flying out like over the Pacific. Mm-hmm. And somehow a four or five something earthquake causes an entire face of a cliffside in Malibu to fall into the ocean. Yeah. I mean, granted, sneezing can cause that sometimes in Malibu, but still, <laughs> it it was extreme. That isn't a thing that, that, that is not how geology works in California. That's not how earthquakes work. It's just not. And I can't fault them for it, except for the fact that it was like, they could have started it with sixes. They could. That's the thing. You don't have to start it with a four something or a five yeah. something. You if can start it with a six. If it like orders of magnitude increase exponentially, yeah. not linearly. So the jump between a seven it's and logar- a- No, it's not even exponential. It's logarithmic. Logarithmic. Yeah. It's huge. It's a massive difference. And like with this, if you had started with a six, you then she could have brought up the San Andreas quake or the San Andreas, the, the Northridge quake and been like, it's good. These these four shocks are going to be as big as this as the Northridge quake. Do you know what happened during the Northridge quake? It ate my father. Yeah, yeah. Like we could have gotten that moment, but instead we got fours. Which like I don't I don't know a single person who gets out of bed for a four. You lie like you literally literally lie in bed. you might not if you're in bed you might not know a four just happened. You might you might notice it, but like you're going to lie in bed and you're going to do the thing that all LA people do where they're like, is this going to get worse? Yeah, it's not. And you're going to get on to earthquake Twitter and go. Yeah. And everybody's going to weigh in. Was that an earthquake? You're not going to, you, there's a possibility that you won't know it was an earthquake at that level. You're just like, wait, 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 what? No, that's four. Hold on. No, fairness. That's like a three from a three, a couple miles away. You might not know it's an earthquake. 
a four, you're going to know. You're going to notice that. But it's still not going to be – it's going to be just enough for you to be like, well, that was a good shake. Like, it'll freak out your pets. And, like, <laughs> it'll – you know, you'll you'll pull it up on your on Earthquake Twitter and everyone will be like, wow, that was a good one. And, then like, <laughs> and then if you're me, you'll start fighting with Earthquake Prediction tw- uh, Twitter accounts. So – so here's my here's my big question for all of this. And I don't want to I'm not going to nip it because like it's a it's a it's a disaster of movie proportions. So it's not something mm-hmm. that bothers me. But from what we talked about in the San Andreas episode, yes. the idea that the the nature of the fault that mm-hmm. is the San Andreas fault, which is obviously what this movie's about, it it is at like it is capable of producing city, as we've talked about, city destroying earthquakes, but not necessarily region destroying earthquakes. Is the San Andreas Fault capable of producing something on the order of a 10? No. Yeah. So, okay. okay. That's what like, I was like. I actually don't think just, that's possible. And that doesn't bother without, me. But Without getting, no. And, and without getting too into the weeds on this, like there's a couple things about the San Andreas Fault that mean we can't do that. Yeah. And the first one is that it's the type of fault that we have. Um, it moves side to side. Yeah. It doesn't move up and da- it doesn't move up and down in the same way. It's not and like so it's you- not a subduction plate. Exactly. It's not a subduction, not a subduction zone. zone. So subduction zones, you can get up into the eights, the nines. That's what you get up in Alaska. That's what you can get up in um, Pacific Northwest. Northwest. And that's what we see a lot down around Chile. And that's when we get those big quakes in Chile that happen. Right. Where it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. Eights, nines. That's where we get those. Okay. Um, Andreas Fault doesn't do that. But the other thing is that the length of the with those sorts of one of the big factors for magnitudes of quakes is how much how long of a rupture length it is. Okay. And the San Andreas fault has three segments. So mm-hmm. it's not all so in San Andreas the film, all 800 miles rupture. Yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. whole thing in San Andreas the movie. In San Andreas quake and I was kind of wondering where they're going to go with it. They don't have the whole thing rupture because the whole movie is like we have to evacuate Los Angeles. There's never right. There's never a statement of the evacuation of all of California. Even though There's, when she looks at her iPad of knowledge, yeah, it's, it's up, the whole thing. It's up from San Francisco to like the Mexico border. Right. It, they say do the whole length, but that it was actually, I was like, okay, cool. No, the San Andreas fault wouldn't rupture from, you know, the wouldn't unzip the whole way. Yeah. It will just go for a fraction and it would be probably the segment that we have to worry about, which is the second, because that's the one that hasn't ruptured in the longest time, right. which basically goes from north of Cal- north of Los Angeles down to um mm. Salton Sea. Shoot. Yeah, so that's what really screwed <laughs> with. And that would and that would really fuck the uh the basin. Um in terms of the evacuation plans though, the plan that they had of like everyone go east was not great because when you go east you just get to the San Andreas fault. So, <laughs> wouldn't <laughs> Wah, wah, wah. Not personally how I would evacuate the st- Los Angeles, but whatever, guys. Um, I would do it with boats. But yeah. anyway, so yeah. So just to answer your question, it can't. The largest we right. think it can generate is a seven to maybe an eight. Okay. Um, which will fucking level this city. Yeah. It'll be bad. Yeah, really. You bad. will not. You will city not want to take the high city yeah. destroying. She, you know, Dr. Lady Scientist Mirska Hargitay is right. You don't want to take the highways in those cases. Uh-huh. But you also sure as shit don't want to take PCH. <laughs> you also don't want to take the canyon roads. There's no good escape. No, there's no from, way. Like, there's nowhere. The best, honestly, maybe I would try and cut through sort of the five-ish where it goes from downtown if I need to get from the valley to out to the west side. Mm-hmm. I would maybe take that loop. Uh-huh. And go out kind of by Dodger Stadium, Chinatown, uh, okay. Water Village area. But even that, that uh, no, because that ground isn't good. Um, 
so yeah, so point is, is we're fucked. Um, and, and I still can't believe that this entire movie wasn't just about the student filing a complaint against this professor. I mean, and we have three, we have th- kind of two and a half concurrent storylines that we're working with. Yeah. We're working with the professor and the student. We're working with her stepdaughter, her moody, not Taylor Momsen stepdaughter. Although that eye makeup. Her, wow. When she, we get, when we first meet her, she is she going wants to, to be work. an event planner and she's dressing for success. She's, <laughs> She is dressing for the club that she'll be going yes, to to celebrate. it's a nighttime look. It's a nighttime it's, look. She's got the heaviest, like, it's not even a smoky eye. No. This is, like, this is Portland wildfire eyes. Yeah, this is, again, this is Taylor Momsen in the pretty reckless eyes. Yeah, yeah. She's gone full on with a statement necklace, and she's going to her job in downtown L.A., which is so far from her home in Rosemead. I did, I really, I did, did think you- of you very, mm-hmm. very enthusiastically when the, like we're, we're in the house it's the mom dad uh stepdaughter mm-hmm. and she's like why do we even live in rosemead and she's like because it's on solid granite and that's where you want to be in an earthquake and i was like i can a man i don't know if rosemead is on solid granite but i can imagine a future in which you pick specifically yeah. where you're going to live because of the rock na- the nature of the rock in the earth below you that's 100% a thing that I have discussed and thought about and done. I'm sure. Um, in fact, like, weirdly enough, my parents' house is on one of the very few, like, granite outcrops in Southern California. Really? Yeah. That's, oh, yeah. okay. It's, it, it's like this one little weird outcrop of granite in the Santa Monica Mountains, and it's just by coincidence, I have absolutely looked at shake maps and been like, where do I want to live? Where do I not want to live? Map. And uh, I will just say that Rosemead, to my knowledge, is on unconsolidated sediment, but I like where <laughs> I liked I liked the sentiment, yeah. if not the reality of it. But reality index, yes. A geologist 100% would look at a yeah. geologic map of her neighborhood and be like, that's where we're moving, though. Yeah. And and her daughter yeah. her daughter works in an old hotel downtown. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of our storylines. Professor and student that she persecutes. And then um, husband and his uh, scenic helicopter piloting business where he has two – he has a married couple – staying in Pasadena, who are from Iowa, who watch part of the coastline fall off while they're flying over it. And they're all like, we're, we're, we get the least amount of time with them. They yeah. like, we get in and out with them, but boy, when we see them, we get some high value. Cause after a movie of like almost forgetting these people exist, they're like, we need to get to Pasadena because we need to get to our baby. There's like a baby reveal. And mm-hmm. in the baby reveal, she's like, I will pay you $1,000 to take us to Pasadena. You have to go, like, downtown's east and so is Pasadena. She's like throwing money at this guy. We lose the rock of these people forever. We come back to them later. They're on an airfield. People are fucking desperate. You see, like, like they're scrambling. They want to get out of there. They're two planes like you see them fly next to each other and they're like oh my god the planes are gonna crash together no the planes miss each other but what happens to one of those little biplanes it hurdles to the fucking ground and crashes squarely into their helicopter it was in terms of the oh my god there were two beats of this film that reminded me very strongly of megafalls yes yes Yes. i am so glad that moment and then just the entire husband subplot where I was like, remember how in Megafault where we were like, Justin Hartley exists? I forgot that he was in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, remember that? Yep. Yeah, but then also that moment where it just flies, the plane flying directly into the helicopter. Like, 
I could not believe the precision with which this airplane crashed. It just that it didn't just on. it didn't yeah, it's it didn't a clip missile. It. it didn't clip it. It's not like it blew up near it. No, it beelined directly into the helicopter. It was while like a it was like a suicide dive mission into this helicopter by this plane. Yeah, and meanwhile, the and the husband and the two women and these and the the married couple just like stare at it in shock, and no one, no one really panics. <laughs> no, and there's it's no a reason for that plane to go down. It's no. not like like it's it, it's a biplane. It, it this there aren't there's not like electrical storms. There's not been an EMP. There's yeah, not earthquakes. Hurricane don't, earthquakes don't affect how airplanes fly. No, it just goes down for no. I don't know. Presumably because of panic, and then yeah. like the the helicopter is blown up. So this married couple they run over to a mechanic. They're like, you can you fix that helicopter for us? We got to get out of here. And he's like, no, I can't. It's every man for himself. She's like. Five thousand dollars. I'll give you five thousand dollars. And then he's like, "No, nah, man, I gotta get out of here." And then she's like, ten thousand dollars to fix that helicopter." This woman is just her pl- Her character exists to offer people money to get her to Pasadena to get for her infant <laughs> child. Her husband doesn't do any of this hardballing. It is no. all her. Okay, I absolutely thought that she was just demanding because I didn't think that he was like his every man for himself I thought he was like I can't get this fixed in time and she somehow made she's like ten thousand dollars as if the money will make him fix the airplane more he did like, the he did the it's every man for themselves like oh, I didn't think he could yeah. fix it in time either because it's like well you just said you're never gonna get that piece of junk working he just yeah. said it's not fixable which like he meant he just didn't want to take the time to fix it until she was like, I'll give you $10,000. I hope Got she it. canceled that transaction. I hope so. I assume she did. I also assume that guy died. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I would just assume that never mind that. Okay. So she was she using a credit card? Because if she's using a yeah. credit card, we've already established that all the cell phone lines are down. Mm, so unless you're that, right. If he's using a square on his phone, then it's not the transaction's not going through. Which in 2015, hard- highly unlikely that he was. So then maybe he was using a hardwired line, in which case it would be okay because landlines, which was a thing that was included in this when yes. she was like, do you have a landline? Um, and this is why I'm sad that all of the payphones are gone from West Los Angeles now because I used to know where they all were. Um, because in the event of an emergency, mm. a hardwire line will still work. As we learned in San Andreas, in- Andreas which is true. exactly what Alexandra Daddario knew. Yep, see? So what was the other part I was going with? Oh, the other thing, though, is, Jordan, when we keep talking about the baby. Did you see? Did you, did you pick up on the reveal of the baby, though? No, What? The reveal of the baby, which we find out, spoiler alert, in the last few seconds when they pick them up in the helicopter off the top of the off the top of the building. Right. Baby's a dog, Jordan. How because I must have just rejected she, that entirely. Because they oh just show God. that makes this even that is that is so San Andreas Quake. That is such a San Andreas Quake that? move. Yes. Yeah, when they like we see so they pick up and everyone's like sitting in the helicopter and the the wife the woman is sitting in the front seat next to <gasps> husband pilot and in like a baby Bjorn sort of doggy there's a, a fucking chihuahua in a little jacket. Oh my god. That's the baby. That's the baby that he because like they went that, all the way to Pasadena before they went downtown too. Yeah, they had to go and, get the, the, the baby. And she, and she says, like, to get our baby. And he's like, hey, look, I've got my own wife and kid to worry about. They're relying on me. And when he said that line, I was like, sir, you're a dick. This is a baby. You have two adult women. Right. 
like they'll be fine. Yeah, who can they like, do fine. what they can to at least like do yeah. something for themselves. I mean, they make the worst choices possible at yeah. every turn, but he doesn't know that. I mean, maybe he knows they're going to make the worst choices possible. <laughs> right? But maybe like, he knows that about them. They're not a baby being abandoned in a city that they don't live in. So it's not like the baby's with grandparents. Uh huh. Like, he's just in Pasadena. Yeah, like, they, the only thing about the baby is that the baby's in Pasadena. We don't know with who. Yeah, we maybe just if this is a human bowl. baby. We mm-hmm. just think that baby is sitting in a house in Pasadena. We yeah, we know nothing else about the baby, and then we find out late. And then turn is that, of course, they were being the assholes all along for being like, wow. no, 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 we have to rescue my dog over your human wife and child. And it's yeah, it's just this throwaway quick sight moment. And I was just saying, I was like, what the? F-? What is, the fuck just this happened? Movie. <laughs> I feel like this movie, this is one of the rare times where I will say this movie needed to be four hours long. I mean, it, there is so <laughs> much <clears throat> going on here. Yeah. Like, they're in the hotel. We have, we have uh, not Taylor Momsen, the daughter, and then we have her gay best friend who works at the <laughs> at the concierge desk with her. And then we have the, the sweet little old couple that loves each other so much, you know at least one of them's going to die. Because old couples who love each other, they can't fully survive a disaster movie. And, uh-huh. then, and then there's neurotic guy who, when we meet him, is already yeah. afraid of earthquakes, having no reason at this point really to fear earthquakes. And then they end up where? Of course, in an elevator together. Yep. Where? Of course, old man, because disaster is not enough. He starts having a heart attack. And we have to, like, every once in a while, we check in in the hotel, and the asshole guy who's afraid of earthquakes is, like, being forcefully conscripted into helping the elderly people around him. And and the daughter is doing just nothing. She's She's doing absolutely nothing in this circumstance. She's not rising to the occasion. She's yelling instructions a lot. She's... She thinks that she's Alex Daddario in this, and she is not she Alex is Daddario. Not, in this. She's no Alex Daddario. She is not. And I felt I I almost felt I I almost felt bad for Oliver Plath's body double yeah. because yeah. like he was really neurotic about. It. And I don't blame him if I were in an old ass if I were in an old ass hotel and I wasn't from L.A. Yeah. And all of a sudden there's an earthquake. And I had that, a thing about earthquakes. Well, and the thing about the earthquake, we when we meet him. I think that that's after the 4.0. You're right. You're right. And he's freaking out with good reason. We just saw that this is a, in this universe, a four is on par with a six. (laughs) Yeah, true. I would not trust that either. Uh I would not trust that hotel either. I wouldn't necessarily be taking measurements the way that he is the next (laughs) time we see him. Yes. But like, you know, in terms of important lessons we've all learned from disaster movies, I think one that I really hope everyone takes with them is that if you are in a disaster Make every effort not to be a dick because if you are a dick, you are going to die. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like just don't be a dick because inevitably that means you are redshirted. Yeah, and in his case, he doesn't die, but his fate is somehow weirder and worse. And well, he might die. We don't know for sure. But so he doesn't we have die on all camera. this going on, and then like every time we cut back to the professor and the student, yeah, we are in a road trip comedy. Like yeah. we are, they are through the entire thing. They are hashing out their problems with each other and her racism and her mm-hmm. like inherent bias biases against him. He's talking about how like you don't know your stepdaughter at all. She doesn't have to go to college. She wants to be an event planner, and I <laughs> wanted. To, and it was like event planner. Where did that come from? Like she's already like on her path to her destiny, and like I had to go to college for what I love, and then like. They're on this drive. They're on this drive. 
the ground rips apart because of a four point something earthquake. And like you said, they have to generally it, they have to fully dukes of hazard. This thing breaks the axle of the van. So then they like see cars along the side of the road, which because of his troubled past, they steal a car. Okay. We've added Mm -hmm. that to this wrinkle. They steal a car. So we continue on with their journey. And she, by the way, is not grateful at all that he has the ability to hotwire a car. She's like, God, that's not helping my impression of you. Like she explicitly says, and it's like, ma'am, you would be stuck. You'd be completely fucked. Yeah. You would be stuck in the middle of that fucking college if not for the fact that this dude had a van that you didn't want to get into and then had skills that will help you in the apocalypse. Like, fuck off. And like, be, like we know they're in the, they're in the one, they're in the raining Pacific Coast Highway, the only, mm-hmm. the only rainy place in this entire movie. And then after they've stolen the car, they get to a point where they need to cross a bridge. And if you live here, it's just funny because it's like that bridge is, it's a little footbridge in Silver Lake. Like yeah. I recognize him. I was like, oh, so they, we've gone from the coast to Silver Lake and then we're going to go back to the coast and then we're going to go downtown. Okay. So the, and, but we're also going to stop by Griffith Park. Yeah, we're going to stop by Griffith Park. Yeah, I know a shortcut we took. The way they specifically say geographical things in this, like they know, it's like, just don't say it. You don't have to say like, way to go on taking Zoo Drive. Yeah, I know a shortcut through Griffith Park. It's like, whose idea was this? Why are you anchoring us to such a place right now that is not going to end us up where we need to be? So then we end up like, just for a little set piece, it's like, let's pretend we're by the coast, but this bridge is in Silver Lake. They, it's like all cracked because of the geological activity and they're driving. They're like, Ooh, we have to drive across it. Really? I did love, there are some great one-liners in this movie. Mm-hmm. And she's like, we just have to drive across the bridge really carefully. And he's like, cause that will make us way less. I was <laughs> like, there are great delivery moments like that, that are very intentional, that are excellent. Yeah. So they're going across the bridge as they're creeping across it. A fucking truck comes barreling up behind. And then suddenly there are two cars on the bridge. Our heroes get across, but then the truck that came rushing up behind them, the car stalls, it's broken down. Our guy who continually is trying to save people's lives. Like each time there's someone in need, he's like, I got to go help that person. So he sees this woman. She gets out of her car. She's like, my son, I, my son is hurt. I need help with my son. And he's like, I've got to go help her. And the, mm-hmm. the professor woman's like, don't go help her. Every time she's like, don't help that person. Fuck yeah. that person. We got to go. We got to save my stepdaughter. And it's every man for themselves. So he runs back this like little blonde woman, probably in her late 20s, early 30s. Yep. And when you hear my, my son. son, when you hear a, like an adult woman in a movie say like, my child is hurt. You're like, oh, her toddler, her like six-year-old. You're not even guessing teenager at this point. You're like little kid. And so he runs. He's like, okay, fine, but you have to help me. Like, help me get him out. We run to the car, ladies and gentlemen, and open (laughs) the door, and we cut inside. There is a fully grown large adult large adult son this man is at least as old as her maybe (laughs) older this actor could have been older than her large like large dimension man just like keeled over bleeding in the front seat he's already fucking dead but when it cut to the my son needs help and we see this large grown man dead in the front seat of the truck I lost my fucking mind. I lost yeah. my like. Is this is this idiocracy? Like how much how much self awareness are we supposed to be operating with right now? Because this is a full sight gag. This is a full sight gag. 
It was it was so confusing. <laughs> and and it was handled completely straight. Like there was no there it was done totally Nobody, straight. No, there wasn't like a wink and a nod. It was just like no. her son. And it was just a large, her very large dead adult son. <laughs> Very large, very dead um, in their in their 1980s truck. And it was just all very – it was one of the more confusing casting choices in this film. I will, was, I will be with you on that. It felt like it was like it was like a child insurance laws were too much. So it was like a PA. Like, yeah. hey, can you go be the, the dead son in the front seat? Man who is maybe older than this actress who's playing your mom. Yeah. And who – who it just like – and that is ha- – that all happens before – that all happens before we have our heroes encounter the strangest obstacle oh, of this movie. And yeah, perhaps the, the, the Karen hijacking, it was weird. Well, no, before the Karen oh. hijacking, we right. get their experience sorry. on Zoo, Zoo Drive. Drive. I'm so sorry. And, you're right. And guess what, guys? Zoo Drive, it turns <laughs> out, was a bit of a tell because <laughs> – our heroes are racing down the road. They got to get downtown as fast as possible. They're taking a shortcut <laughs> through Griffith Park to get there. And suddenly there is like a wreck and it's, oh my God. And the, and our, and our and the student is like, tell me that wasn't a person. And, and not, then she, it was not a person. She gets not, out of the car. Not Mariska Hargitay gets out of the car to check out what it is. Guys, it was a fucking baby hippo. It is a baby hippopotamus and they're like she looks startled and you're like what what is it like what could it be and she it's a hippo it's a baby hippo and she then we get the glorious decision of these filmmakers for her to like we cut down like she looks down and so do we yeah and there is a computer generated baby hippopotamus looking right back at us like like kind of moving around because he's she's like it's still alive yeah but you know what if there's a baby hippo around what is that what does that imply this disaster is not over yet it was so great there's a fucking a full-on goddamn hippo Starts charging this angry mother hippopotamus comes out of fucking nowhere and charges the car. Charges the car. I, it was, and then all of a sudden, and like, and, and it's like ramming the car and the cars with the, with the student speeds away. And then all of a sudden fucking Mariska Hargitay is running. I mean, Dr. Mariska Hargitay, by the way, just to clarify again, not the actress. Mariska Hargitay. Hargitay. But Dr. Mariska Hargitay is now trying to run away from an angry hippopotamus. Which, of course, means she has to fall, trip and fall for no reason because she's trying to hurriedly escape. And we aren't really given an explanation of how the hippos escape the zoo, which is my favorite part of this. Because it's not as if that is an agile animal who can easily escape an enclosure. Right. But they fucking went with it. And I have so much respect for them for going all out on that. I did actually have the moment where I was like, Man, I really want to see The Rock go head to toe with like have him fighting a hippo, and then yeah, I realized punch a I hippo just, in the nose. But then I was like, I'm just never going to see uh, Jungle Cruise, and that's what that is. <laughs> You're like, then I realized I could, but I won't. Yeah. I just yeah, and I was like, oh wait, that that has happened. But like, how had that not happened until our year 2021 of The Rock fighting a fighting a hippo? Well, and then as Amanda mentioned, after our close encounter with the animal kind, there's a fucking carjacking. We a, car- a, car- a Karen carjacking too, because this is just like a random angry white woman and her shitty angry teenage daughter who like 
who like the daughter, like the mom is like they they their car's broken down, and of course again our student is like I've got to help these people, and not Mariska Hargitay is like no keep driving, and so he gets out and he's gonna go see if he can fix the car, and she pulls a gun on him. She just wants to steal his car, and we get the daughter a few times being like mom no mom no, and it like it gets to the point where it's like oh well the mom the daughter's gonna talk her down. And like it'll somehow resolve it. No, no, Mo- mom, like rogue bitch, mom fully just hijacks their car. Mm-hmm. Hijacks well, their car. Actually, at first he's like, "Go leave without me. Just take the car. Let me get shot." Yeah, because go he's save, like, go save, go save my girlfriend, your stepdaughter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And instead of doing what any reasonable person would do in these movies, which is hit that woman with your fucking car. Yeah. She just starts to drive off. Yeah. And then realizes, no, I shouldn't drive off without him. Yeah. It, it, nobody does the right thing in this situation. No. I mean, he uh, he, ki- he tries yeah, he to. he tries to do the noble thing in this situation. Yeah. And so then, like, you know, Karen and her child, who pleads in vain, they get off of the car. And now I'm forgetting. How did they even get downtown? I still don't know. We still I don't we know. We don't know, do we? I don't Because they don't know. get another car. No, I don't know. They just kind of appear in downtown and we find out that like there's also the National Guard has been called in and isn't letting anyone into downtown anymore. And so they have to sneak in through the prohibition tunnels, which yes, reality, that's it, the tunnels. In, reality index, um, don't go in tunnels when you think there's going to, if there's been devastating right, earthquakes, right. don't go in tunnels from the 1920s that were used by rum runners. It's- just a... Especially like, a at a certain rule. point, doesn't not Mariska Hargitay say it's an M12 now? Yeah. At yeah, a certain yeah. point, she, I don't remember when she learns this, but she learns, I don't even remember her having the iPad knowledge anymore. And, yeah. but she knows that actually what we thought was going to be an M10, it's going to be an M12. And a fun thing about this movie, as far as its own re- internal reality index goes, from the moment she gets like the prediction of the quake, she's like, we're going to have about 80 minutes. Basically, mm-hmm. this movie moves in real time. Yeah. And somehow they get from the coast, from the PCH to downtown in 80 minutes, despite disaster traffic. Yeah. And having to steal one car, uh, get attacked by a hippo in that car, get car jacked, and then are on foot, and then they and they make it. And they yet make they it make it. it. Yeah. You know, because the we plan saw, is to get as, to the hotel, saw, get the stepdaughter. Yeah. LA's geography can be really fluid in an emergency. <laughs> really fluid in an emergency. The town contracts and expands mm-hmm. in, in the midst of emergency. The plan is they need to get downtown, get the girl, get on top of the roof of the hotel because uh scenic helicopter pilot dad is gonna come rescue them in like a grand rooftop escape. Yes. We don't know exactly how they're going to time it. We don't know exactly what's happening. But somehow it's going to happen. Yeah. Somehow it's going to happen. Somehow it's going to happen. And so instead they decide to take the tunnels, which again, terrible plan. Terrible, terrible plan. Possi- uh, uh, the worst possible place you could be, I would imagine. I mean, if never mind that like it's a bad place to be in the tunnels for the upcoming earthquake. But yeah. as we find out, you don't know what the condition of the tunnels are. Yes. And so when they're crawling through the tunnels before they get to the part where there's toxic gas, yeah. I was like, how are the tunnels not caved in? And sure enough, there's toxic gas and then the tunnels <laughs> yeah. are caved in. Yes. That's it. That's uh, like, it is a bad plan. And yet they do it. 
And yet they do it. And yet they, and then a certain thing happens where our hotel heroes have made it to the lobby and mm-hmm. there is like meant to be in like an escape bus taking people to safety. And the, the asshole guy who's afraid of earthquakes, he didn't want to help anybody because he just wanted to get his ass downstairs to get to one of those buses. But he agreed to stay and like help carry old people. And so he gets down there and realizes the buses are gone. And the National Guard is like, sir, you can't get out there. Like, we're not letting anybody out there. And then we spend an unbelievable amount of time in this lobby watching this man scream at National Guardsmen about how you're supposed to help me. I helped them. I earned this. I need to save myself. Just over and motherfucking over again. He manages to lift a firearm off of one of the natural national guardsmen in a scuffle. Why did those why were those two men not capable those trained professionals of knocking this man on his ass before he stole one of their guns? What the fuck was that? I don't know, but I watching that whole the whole sequence and as he's like holding them both at gunpoint and I was like this just seems I just kept waiting for a beam to fall on his head. Yeah, that was the kind of movie this is. It, it is absolutely the kind of movie that it, this that is. It is the kind of movie this is. It's just like where a beam falls and they're like we have to get out. But no, 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 he got this whole it was like this is how they paid the man. They're like we're not going to actually give you a salary, but we are going to write you a really meaty scene. Yeah, we're going to give you a long scene. Yeah. So he got he got the most of his time um, from of of being, you know, in this movie, he got something <laughs> yeah. for his reel of yelling indignantly. I don't deserve this. I did something good. I don't just over and over. He had only three phrases that he just yeah. said over and over again. While while holding both of these national guardsmen at guns po- gunpoint, and they were both like looking panicked. And I was like, this is honestly at that point. I, if I were them, I'd be like. Look, man, yeah, sure, go outside, fine. Go go find the bus. Yeah, okay, then you can die. You can die yeah. because you're willing to kill people in here maybe, mm-hmm. so you can just go out there and fucking die. Yeah, but no. So we get this whole – but that that let us get the sequence of yes. um, where then Dr. Lady Scientist does this and, and student do escape the tunnels. And they do. Take are able to distract him long enough that the National Guardsmen can tackle him to the ground, rendering Which him crying. Which happens in a perfect way because mm-hmm. the student is like, you go that way, I'll go this way. Like, you be a diversion, then I'll yeah. tackle him. And the diversion happens because just perfectly, not Mariska Hargitay, runs into the lobby of this hotel and comes to like a risky business Yes, sliding her stop. sliding stop. Was she does so like good. she like slides on her shoes and then like stops and is like, "Hey!" And I was like, <laughs> "Please tell me." Every take had her sliding. That they were like, "Dude, make sure you do that again," because we don't want to miss the slide. No, the slide was important. The slide was what gave it some its power. And it I, honestly, if I if an adult woman went risky business sliding <laughs> into a room, I too would be distracted. Even if I was in a situation where I was like, I need to get on this escape bus, I would also be distracted to the point of it was so being fucking funny to me. Yeah. I again, I was losing it once again in this movie. Yeah. So they apprehend this guy, and then like heroes, our road trip heroes are like, we got to get to the roof, and that is when we have our inevitable moment of the old people sacrificing themselves. 
yeah. for love. Uh, the 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 old man has already died. He has succumbed to his heart. Uh, and you no know, one's tried CPR, by the way, at any point no. in this. When he starts having a heart attack, there's yeah. not a single person who's like, I don't know if CPR when someone is in the midst of a heart attack helps, but no one even tries it. No one tries to do anything to help him. No. They're just like sad. And little old lady, like the whole the, their whole premise for existing is that it's like their 40th anniversary. And she is, they're just still so in love. And so when he's gone and they're sitting on the couch together in the lobby where they had their like first kiss 40 years ago, Mm -hmm. she's like, I'm just going to stay. I would only slow you down. And so you get like the heartbreaking old person is going to die moment. And then they're, they're getting up to the, on their way to the roof, they stop at like a high floor because they have to like change like stairwells and the, and like a gay best friend concierge guy is still with them building shakes a student hero gets tossed out a window and is hanging on for dear life. And his girlfriend gets tossed out too. And she grabs onto her neck, uh, onto his neck. And they're both hanging by a thread. And best friend goes to help her. And he's like, give me your hand. There's a shake. He gets pitched the fuck out of that window. It looks like (laughs) someone picked him up by his pants and fully threw him out that window. No, he, I think as the kids call it, yeeting. He was he yeeted. yeeted. He was yeeted out the window. <laughs> Absolutely. I, my closest understanding of that def, of the definition yeah. of that word is yeeted out of that window by a it, fucking earthquake. There were so many things in this movie where I had to be like, did I miss that because I'm intoxicated or I did I miss rewind that? It. I had to yeah. rewind it. I had to rewind so many times of different moments yep. to be like, what did I miss because I'm not sober versus <laughs> what did I miss because this movie is bananas? <laughs> and that was one of them. And then like the fact that like not Taylor Momsen's arms are wrapped around her boyfriend's neck yeah. and she won't let go of it. And it's like, that can't be helpful. No, to you him. absolutely have to be choking him right yeah. now. None of that. Like she's got another 80 pounds of, you know, wet noodle on him. Like what are you <laughs> doing? Um, and so no one really seems to care that he has just that that the gay concierge has been yeeted out the window. <laughs> yeah, like her 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 best work friend is dead. Nobody yeah. mourns him. No one mourns him. <laughs> and the doctor doctor scientist stepmom yeah. is like manages to single handedly pull everybody up herself. Yeah. yeah, she finds the mom strength in that yeah. moment, and they make it to like the last utility stairwell. They make it up to the roof, and we get something we rarely. Like I, I loved this as a as a last like hurrah in the disaster movie. We get the slow motion run toward the helicopter. Yeah, and I thought that was great. But slow motion in that small budget movie, slow motion kind of way where it kind of just looks like the actors are running really slowly, and then they also slowed the film down as much as they can with lesser technology. Yeah, no, it seems like they didn't have the budget to slow things down, and so everyone's kind of doing their little weird trot, and then again, yeah, it's a real jog. Dr. Lady Scientist falls again. Again. She, I mean, weak link here, guys. I really thought she was going to die. I was like, oh, like he's saved enough people. He's not going to be able to save her. Oh, but then she makes it. Yeah, no, he's, he's unfortunately, as much as he deserves to be the hero and also get a large settlement from the university. (laughs) Yes. He is not the hero in this film, unfortunately. She is. And we get a great parting shot in this movie, which is the helicopter fleeing Los Angeles, like flying over the vast expanse of the city. And then like the helicopter leaves our view and we just get a good wide shot of the scenery as like the ground is shifting because everything's fucked. And then a huge chunk of the city just falls into the ocean. And I thought that was a great finish. 
they got some great they got their money's worth of whatever was left over from 2020 of 2012's budget and yeah. they just took all of the extra not quite rendered scenes and i appreciated yep. that they gave us that they gave us buildings falling into each other yeah they did give us that they had helicopter piloting they had helicopter piloting with a fucking baby in a carrier it was baby it was it was exactly the absurd ass ending oh also there was a whole like little running thing with a rubber ducky yeah there was like a sentimental object rubber ducky that gets carried through throughout mm-hmm. the movie and I, I i i i like missed the time code on the, at the very beginning of the movie that it was like the northridge quake so yeah. i for a substantial part of the beginning of this movie thought that geologist girl was not taylor momsen Oh, yeah, that would be confusing because they have a very similar look. And I was like, and like, I thought she got like depressed and angsty after her dad died and then went and like was with her step family because her family was gone. And so I was like, I was wait. I was like, is her geology obsession going to come into this at all? Like, how is she going to be, how is she going to save the day? And then I, it took me forever to realize that like Professor Lady was the little girl. Yes. And that it was her. Her origin story, not the malcontent teenager. Yeah, if you miss that timestamp at the beginning of the film, that will be extremely confusing because that is in general a confusing sequence. But if you don't have that context yep. of it being the Northridge quake, then yeah, you, there's no way. Yeah. Well, so that was shock because like, and then everybody kept bringing up 2008. So I was like, oh, the 2008 thing is the scientist. The beginning, the cold open. Um, that was the little. That was the girl. And so obviously, this is like recent past. So I was all fucked up. So by the time I realized what was going on, I was like, okay, that helps me with some things. But it just added a perfect kind of surreality to all of this. This movie was so confusingly, wonderfully weird. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't good, but man, was it weird. And I was in for that. I I was all in. I, I was so entertained. And so shall we then go into what this movie was really about? You know, I think we can do that after a word from uh, our sponsor. After a word from our wonderful sponsor. I'll, I'll do it. You do it. Folks, do you love movies? The good ones, even the bad ones, everyone told you not to like. It sounds like Super Yaki might be the place for you. The team at Super Yaki loves movies, so much so that they've dedicated every waking moment to the... To <laughs> the team at Super Yaki loves movies, so much so that they've dedicated every waking moment of their life to bringing you top-quality merchandise to showcase your love for them. From super soft t-shirts saluting the brave of us who go to the movies by ourselves to comfy sweatshirts and aprons commemorating historic events like the night Florence Pugh made marmalade. They even carry enamel pins of some of your favorite directors like Hayao Miyazaki and Guillermo del Toro. Super Yaki joyously brings you tangible love letters to your favorite filmmakers uh, that you can wear with pride. Plus, the, C- the team at Supriyaki screen prints all their apparel using eco-friendly, 100% water-based inks, and they ship using compostable poly mailers for an environmentally friendly alternative to online shopping. And as a special gift to you, listeners can save 10% on their order with code DISASTERDIVA, all caps, no spaces, at checkout. If the spirit moves you, find them at Supriyaki.com. That's S-U-P-E-R-Y-A-K-I.com. Let's watch more movies. Yes! And let's talk about what San Andreas Quake was really about. Uh, Jordan, what do you think it was about? I mean, my God. It was, <laughs> it was like, it was, it was a truly a, a, a Karen spectacular in certain yeah. ways. Like the, between the hijacker <laughs> yeah. and, and the professor who is just racistly judging 
her student up and down throughout this movie? I don't know. I guess it like for me, maybe maybe it's about like, you know, you can you can be really smart, but you can still be stupid at the same time. Like you, right. you you might even if you are really good in one area of your life, if you are so dialed in, you're an amazing professional, you are pioneering in this field of science in whatever industry you're in. It doesn't matter how good at your job you are. You still have to be a fucking person. Like your your genius, your your discovery, your breakthrough has absolutely nothing to do with how you are or how you think you are not excused or how you think you are excused from treating people with fucking decency. Mm-hmm. So that for me, like I, I it's just so like the way that she is our heroine, the way that she is like the one we're rooting for in this with the with the student and it the movie ends with them on like equal footing, even though she is like a toxic yeah. bitch of a person who like, nah, after this one day, you're going to still be saying some shit about people that you think is like, what? I'm just asking or I'm just saying, like, I'm just saying what everybody's thinking. Like, she's going to pull that shit yeah. her entire life. Thanksgivings are going to be weird and awkward because stepdaughter and him are going to like, you know, move to New York and yeah. she's going to be an event planner and they're going to have a life together and she's going to continue to saying fucked up shit and she's going to keep saying fucked up shit when they have babies together and just like this woman needs to be fucking stopped. Yes, this one needs to be stopped. And I don't like her resting on her laurels of some sort of like enterprising, again, groundbreaking scientific mind. Go fuck yourself. If you can't check your shit at the door and do some introspection, I don't want you to be the hero of my movie, you asshole. All right. On a similar note, I think that this is a movie about how disasters can bring out the worst in all of us. Pretty much everyone with the exception of the student. Yeah is a garbage human from start to finish. Yeah. Keep in mind, like, everyone in the hotel situation, except for the very nice old people who mostly just want to, like, be happy and fuck, as far as I can tell. Yeah. They just want to get their bone on. Like, that's it. Yeah, they truly seem to want to, yes. Yeah. Other than those two, like, everyone's kind of awful. Yes. And selfish. (laughs) And wants to prioritize first their human daughter and wife over the human baby and then later pri- we find out prioritizing their dog over the human wife and daughter my god like, everyone is selfish everyone is shitty i truly think this is a movie about like it is the counterpoint to san andreas in many ways which the san andreas san andreas was really about community bringing us all together yeah as we learned and about you know the rock strong back supporting the entirety of AT&T Stadium. Absolutely. But in this case, this is about how disaster can also tear community apart because everyone mm-hmm. can be selfish and shitty and out there on their own. Mm-hmm. So that's where I'm going with. Yeah. Not a great report for these people. No. But still, weirdly entertaining movie. Yeah. Would you- But if you- I would fantasy cast this up. Yeah. I was going to say, what what would your dream cast be? So someone comes to me and is like, we're going to bu- big budget this and we're getting a real hippo. Uh-huh. <laughs> a real hippo for this one and that giraffe yeah. cameo we're getting that back too yeah no we're getting a full they ride the giraffe mm. into downtown that's how they escape um so i would I have am, ruled it out in this movie it could have worked honestly i would have been in for that so i'm gonna bring someone from san andreas into this film Ooh, and i am making dr lady scientist carla gugino oh god can't go wrong can't, can't go, go wrong. wrong she's not gonna be racist no. she's not gonna be she's not gonna be racist um instead the student will be played by um, Nat- Natalie Emanuel. Oh, okay. Okay. 
Um, and it's going to be sort of a mentor situation. Okay. And what she still doesn't know is that Natalie Emanuel is carrying on with her daughter, who she is estranged from. Love it. Because the daughter is angry that mom has remarried. Mm-hmm. She is angry that, so the daughter is angry that mom has remarried helicopter pilot Henry Golding. Oh my God. If he's not going to have a plot, he might as well look really good. And like he would wear aviators and have a fine collared shirt on. Henry can clock in for like two days, do these scenes, fly the helicopter, look smoking and just be done. Like the the dad had very little to do anyway. So he might as well just like get a really hot dude. Totally. Who's very charming on camera. So Henry it is. Yeah, great. So anyway, daughter is pissed that mom is remarried. Mm, mm-hmm. That is why they're estranged. And daughter, Kaya Scodelario. Oh, Kaya's great. I love her for this. I love her for this. Yeah. Is also, is, is angry at mom and carrying on with her prized favorite student. Oh, man. And that, yeah, is- that, would, that would be, I would be fucking pissed about it. Yeah. And everyone is angry and has secrets. But then they're angry and has secrets. But they're gonna get through it, and they're gonna hit a hippo baby, which is upsetting. But the hippo baby lives. The hippo baby lives. So ultimately, you know, that's okay. Yeah. the The hippo violence ends all's well that ends well. But that. So that's how I'm fantasy casting this. How about you, Jor? I am going to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna put in who I saw on the screen anyway, and I'm gonna make Mariska Hargitay the lead sure. of this movie. And I'm gonna make you know hate to swap out a Grace uh, Van Deen as she is disaster royalty. That is true. Oh God, I forgot that's Grace Van Deen. Man, they do not give her her due. They do not. They do not. But I'm gonna make her Taylor Momsen. I'm yeah, gonna I mean, make that's her Taylor Momsen in the full, only reasonable outcome there. Yeah, in full pretty reckless mode. Yeah. Um, husband, uh, helicopter pilot husband is going to be John Corbett. Yeah, that works. He oh, feels like that. compliment for Mariska Hargitay too. I feel like I can see them yeah. as a couple. Like I can see that happening. Yeah. And, um, I'm going to make, I'm, I like, I'm, I'm going to, I don't, I'm going to take like the token black man out of it and I'm going to make the, the boyfriend, uh, Stephen Amell. Okay. Because he has great like resting bitch face for yeah. a guy. And I love him in The Babysitter. And I feel like he can do this sort of like surprisingly winking amount of action comedy that comes in here sometimes. And he's yeah, also he can large have, he can and strapping. Have, he can have fun with it. And then he can also resuscitate the baby hippo. Yeah, absolutely. And at the, it, it, he could just pick up Mariska Hargitay and carry her to downtown. He is a, he is, <laughs> he is a strapping man. And yeah, that's going to be, I love the little old people. Yeah, you keep them in. I mean, I like unless we're unless we're people. resurrecting Shelley Winters or we're doing a hologram of Shelley Winters, was, which is the alternative. It's like Shelley Winters was what was one hundred percent of my mind watching this. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's like I'm excited about Mariska Hargitay. Really, I think that's I think that Mariska's a great choice. Yeah. I, I like if I like I know she's got the SVU thing going, but like yeah. if I could see her in in like budget thrillers, I think that would be amazing. If she was oh, like, yes. you know what I've always wanted to do? Make a disaster movie. She just like fun with it. Yeah, because she's set. Yeah. She's like, like, doesn't, she doesn't need to get paid. Like she's getting, she's gone to the bank. So like just do crazy stuff for fun and use that incredibly commanding presence and like jawline and facial feature structure mm-hmm. to just like hold court in a movie that you're way too good for. Yeah, I mean, essentially just having the same kind of fun that What's-His-Name has with the butt. Oh, uh, Chris Maloney. 
Thank you. Yes, I just could not pull that name I out mean, for the life of me. But I'm so glad that with the butt is all that needs to be said for Chris yep. for that to just register immediately. Like he said on Twitter, big boy, big cake. I love him so much. He really is. He's such like, a treasure. I mean, he would fit well in this movie. If it was, if it was, if it was Chris Maloney as the helicopter pilot and Mariska Hargitay, that would be its own kind of magic, as we know. Right. But also that would be, he would be so underserved unless there was yeah. an entire sequence of him being like, it's a baby dog. Yeah. Like, and yeah, you couldn't, you can't shortchange Chris Maloney. Yeah. You've got to give him room to run. Um, yeah. So how many towering infernos then are you giving this? This is a fascinating question for this movie. I, I'm i going to give this a 3.75. Okay. I don't know that I can watch this again. <laughs> I mean, so much of it is being surprised by it. So much of it is being surprised by it, but it's also not banana. It's not like a an earth catastrophe situation where I'm like, I would be like, you have to see this just to see what they're accomplishing. Uh-huh. For a, given that like there's an entire genre that I'm realizing we haven't like, of disaster movie, budget disaster movie, which is put them in a car to minimize the amount of yeah, like You're location right. shooting we have to do. Uh huh. Uh huh. Like the drive and yell disaster movie is a big one. <laughs> and of the drive and yells, I feel like this does this fairly competently. I, I like whatever dynamic it is that the teacher and the student have. It is a dynamic. Yeah, there I mean, I hate her, and it makes me yeah. uncomfortable, but yes. They, like, they start to, at a certain point, feel like real people. Yeah. Like, like she's she's awful, and he's dealing with it, but, like, it feels, it doesn't feel like, they don't feel like bad performances. No, they're, they're both good, and they both are trying, and there's enough stuff happening that the driving doesn't feel redundant. No. But, but again, I don't know, this, this isn't a rewatch for me, so I can't do higher than 3.75, and at least 0.25 of that is solely because of the hippo attack. I, that gets so much. I, yeah. I, I, for me, I'm going a four. Oh my god! I'm putting it at a four. There's okay. just something so crazy about this. It really did tickle you. Like I could, like it's so rare that you text when you're watching these movies. We didn't even talk about the the fucking through line of the newscaster. Oh my god! <laughs> Who called yawns? But like he looked like Joe Buck, which was very strange. He did look like Joe Buck. You he are looked right. a lot like Joe Buck. He used the word seismologist, which is not a word. Seismologist. That called was him seismologist. I didn't write it down last night, but I was like, I have to remember seismologist. He called them seismologist, and he just kept on trying. I and cannot that- believe how much Ron Yance. Yes, yeah, Ron Yance. Like it's the actor. No, the news anchor's name is Ron Yance, spelled with a J. Yeah, but pronounced with a with a Y. Ron Yance, and, and he is a he is a best supporting actor in this movie. He is in it so much. He's like our Greek chorus. Yes, he showing is. up. And yeah. every time he's like, this is Ron Yance. Like, he yeah. introduces himself. I, I want Ron Yance to be in every disaster movie Absolutely. as the universal thread anchor. Like, I want him to experience every disaster. Yeah, like, now. he's the unifying disaster-verse factor. Yes. Is Ron Yance. Into I, the Yance-verse. The Yance-verse. I, and that, like, I, for me, <laughs> Ron Yance. Ron Yance. <laughs> <laughs> really solidifies this for because every time he came back yeah. I was like here you are again Ron Yance like they're bringing you back again between the car and Ron Yance yeah they are they are hacking around 
like you said, more location shooting so much, but in a way that stays entertaining enough to where I don't mind. Like yeah. it, it feels like there are so many bits in this movie that I think that is what really sets it off to That's, a four yeah. for me. Where like in the way that the in the way that the the what was it the Ming Na Wen movie with like yes. fire uh, on an oil rig like the tornadoes yeah. yeah the the volcano one yes yeah in the way that like that one like there was a kind of absurdity about that like watching them bounce themselves Miami around Magma. no that Miami, wasn't Miami. no that wasn't Miami. no that couldn't have been it because it was off the coast of Santa Barbara so yeah. no you're right. <laughs> yeah no never mind sorry watching them like bounce themselves yeah. around in the cab of a car to imitate the the movement of sh- like shaking movement and there were just there were elements of that where you felt things overcoming the limitations of the movie just through the go-getterness of the people on screen and there was something like that about this where they're just like the limitations of the of the format of the made for tv disaster movie were transcended by moments of humor and absurdity and sometimes comedy and outrageousness where it was like listen if the wheels are going to go off we're going to hit full fucking speed first like it was and i felt like there was a good amount of disaster between yeah. that like seeing earthquake stuff and like again that final shot and just like fucked up shit happening to people the hippo the carjacking the the jumping the crevasse the tiny yeah. crevasse like it kept giving me things to stimulate me even as they were staying in cars to lighten their shooting load and showing us Ron Yance like yeah it and it was, wasn't and these were not repetitive moments it's not like with with no. like stonados which we liked but stonados there's only so yeah. many times you can have them be like driving down an alley trying to avoid the stonados yeah <laughs> yeah and in this yeah they just kept getting and getting weirder and getting more extreme in terms <laughs> of i mean again the fucking zoo the zoo the zoo. The zoo. They the- hit a po- the screenwriter hit a moment where they were like, "We need a beat here," and decided <laughs> to have a we zoo break out. Beat. And like of all the animals they could have picked, hippo attack. Not like I would say a conventional choice of like a lion. Mm-hmm. They go hippo attack. They went hippo which, attack. Like, hippos, fair, one of the most vicious animals in the entire fucking world. But like they do so, like they make it a baby hippo first. Right. So they can give you a reveal. There is like a planned reveal in that moment where we're not going to go, was that a hippo? Like, no, they're, they're not going to say that. They're going to make not Mariska get out of the car, go down, look at it. And we're like, what was it? And then she's going to be like, it's a, they're going to make her say it's a baby hippo. And then they're going to show it to us. And then they're going to give us an angry mom hippo. It was perfect. Four was perfect. stars. And then on top of the angry mom hippo, they're not just going to have an angry mom hippo. It's going to engage. It's going to engage. The They're going to render it chasing the car. It was, its flesh was wobbling. Like yep. they put money into that hippo shot to a degree that I was, it still looked, it still looked like a rubber toy, but sure. they tried. They and did. I, really, really impressive. Yeah. And so I, yeah, it's four for me. There was just, I don't feel, it felt different from in just the the way that the tone of it. It just kind of felt different from anything that we've watched so far. I was like, I am experiencing this movie in a way that I does not feel similar to how I typically experience these movies, even yeah. when they get silly. So for that, four stars. Okay, it's no catastrophe, you know, which was an accomplishment. It gets four and a half, but like four stars. No, I'm with you. I'm with you on this. I'm not going to go quite as hard. No, I hear you. Yes. I hear your, you. It's a valid score. Your three, seven, enthusiasm five. for it is deeply compelling. 
But like, I hear where you're coming from, and that's a very legitimate, valid score. So yeah. I'm not, I'm not hating on that. I at mean, all. I think, yeah, like sometimes I'm like, I'm harsh, I'm a little harsh on it. I think you're being a little generous, but for you personally, yeah. this was a four. Yeah, your ex, you experienced this as a four would be experienced, and yeah. it was a four on the scale that they used within earthquakes. Yes. You're very right. I am operating on their magnitude score. And there was also a great moment last night where when I was texting Sarah about this, friend of the show, Sarah, where I did say, I was like, I'm watching. She was like, what are you watching? I was like, San Andreas Quake. And she's like, I didn't know the sequel came out. I was like, oh, no, no. No, no, no. Oh, no, no. This is a made-for-TV level San Andreas disaster movie. And which was just made it even better that there was a snap association with like real big San Andreas. It was like- this that, is, was, that was exactly what Asylum was trying to accomplish exactly. with their mockbuster. That is how exactly. Asylum rolls. Exactly. This they do the the porn equivalent goodwill humping situation. Yeah, completely. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so, solid outing for San Andreas Quake. Fuck yeah, man. And then we've got something exciting for next week, too. Like we do. That is so coming up next week, guys, we've got a guest host with us, or a guest, not a guest host. We've got a guest with us. We have fangirl Jean from Twitter. Fangirl Jean, one of the best. What a, again, I love. I love that as a handle. Fangirl Jean, she's the one you need to see for fangirling, and she does it well. Like a fucking delight on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would dare say now, friend of the show. Yeah, I think so. Definitely. I think we can. I, we don't often use that term, but friend of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's coming on to discuss Pacific Rim with us. Oh God, how exciting! What an amazing movie! Oh, it's and it's a it's a fun episode. We record that one in advance. It's a fun episode. I'm yeah. super amped for everybody to hear this one um, and for everyone to to hear us just yell animatedly about this perfect, perfect cast. Yeah, this sin- the, the wonderful sincerity of Pacific Rim. So we've got that coming up next week, which hell yeah. Yeah. But in the meantime, Jordan, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jorcru, J-O-R-C-R-U, and uh, find some extra podcasts that I've got around the Ots Tyrion podcast I do with Sam Weinman, the intersection of pop culture and horror cinema around the turn of the year 2000. And then the uh, whole movie podcast, Neon Demon Edition, where I talk to Roxana Haddadi and William O. Tyler, film journalists, both about uh, one of our favorite movies, The Neon Demon at length. Great. And then Jason, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jason Halftones and uh, find other great podcasts like this one at thatmightbecool.com. Listen to Lord of the Rings Sentence, Comic Book Workshop, We Need to Talk About Spider-Man, whatever, you know, and, and there's a lot to talk about this week. There's so much to talk about Spider-Man. I can't wait. <laughs> I feel like you and I need to off-air discuss whether or not that's Charlie Cox's torso. I 100% um, believe it is. Those hairy arms. His arms are hairy, but the torso is too soft. I think it's him. I think it's just a, I, it's a baggy <laughs> shirt. <laughs> When in there? When has Marvel ever put Charlie Cox in a baggy shirt in their life? Uh, in their the thing, life, Marvel Marvel Studios has never put Charlie Cox in anything before this. That is true. That's true. I just have a hard time. I, there's not a single person. There's not a single man in that in any of those movies who has ever put has ever worn a button down that wasn't impeccably tailored. Is all I'm saying. I, anyway. I mean, look at Martin Starr. You know what I mean? I, who knows? And maybe he's not in superhero shape. You know, maybe it was a last minute casting call. It doesn't seem like he was there for very long. So I'm sure he didn't have that much prep time. All I'm saying, I mean, hey. I'm, I'm on board with him. I think there should be more regular bodies in these Marvel. Like, I think Daredevil should look normal. I'm, Plus I'm on board. Size with icon Charlie Cox. <laughs> <laughs> I want him to just look normal. I yeah. want him to not have body dysmorphia and I want him to date me. Anyway, so, <laughs> and you can find me. I'm Amanda Smith says on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is where you can find me. 
talking about lustily about baseball players and Charlie Cox. Um, Here you go. We're disaster underscore pod on Twitter. We're disastergirlspod at gmail.com. Um, we're Disaster Girls on Letterboxd, which I haven't updated in a while. And uh, guys, please rate and review us. Give us five stars. Take yeah, a few moments a to do that. Just, yeah, give us that encouragement. Be the nickel fellowship of our hearts. Yep, absolutely. Make us a finalist. Yeah. And by that, I mean, get us into the into the top 50 on iTunes. Yeah, there you go. And uh, we'll see y'all back next week for Pacific Rim with Fangirl Jean. Fangirl Jean. I just love saying Fangirl Jean. I know. It's fun, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> bye, everybody. All right. Bye. Bye. That might be cool.com. You never know. <laughs>